Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We've got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. It is December 27th. It is Taylor Cormier's birthday today. Happy birthday to my wonderful coworker. I mostly say happy birthday because he hates when people acknowledge his well, look, special Look, my day. wife has a rule in her family. Oh, yeah. I got a rule, birthday. too. Sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday to you. Here's my favorite part. Happy birthday, dear Alan. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30. Yeah. Yeah, it's Taylor's birthday, and we will be celebrating. Actually, we do have a a pretty Taylor-esque segment planned for today, because Rand Paul came out with the uh, Festivus list of the wasteful spending that uh, you have all been paying for over the last year. Really amusing stuff. We will get to that, but there's a lot- Festivus is back! There's a lot of news stories today. There's a great story for Trump, which is the Michigan Supreme Court has rejected an attempt by some voters there to ban Trump from the 2024 Republican primary ballot. So they are not following in Colorado's lead here. They are actually using some sort of, uh, I don't know, common sense and realizing that this is ridiculous. Again, I don't think the Colorado decision is going to stand when it eventually gets up to the Supreme Court. I was watching Brett Tolman today on Fox, and he was saying something similar. I am going to try to get him on this week, by the way, because this is what I'm doing, Jared. I'm watching the television shows and I'm going, okay, so this person's still working. Okay, this person would be willing to do a quick this time period between Christmas and New Year's is tricky because people really check out even in this office building. Not a lot of cars. There's one guy I see, Jared, every morning when I walk in and I scan my pass, and he's taking the whole week off. And I think that a lot of people are checked out. So I've been going through the Rolodex. And I've got great guests, though. I had Ari Hoffman yesterday. We're going to have Libby Emmons today. We'll try to get Brett Tolman for later this week. And, of course, we have a lot of great segments. Oh, and we got Bill Broussard at 2 o'clock, which is one of uh, the listeners' favorite things, Mechanic Monday on a Wednesday. And there's just there's so much to get to. So we'll talk about the Michigan Supreme Court decision. I do want to follow up on the story yesterday of this crazy man in New York City. He stabbed two teenage girls, stabs a a 14 year old and a 16 year old. His name is the suspect is Stephen Hutcherson. He's 36. Jared, care to guess how many priors this guy had before this stabbing? Oh, I'm going to say 87. No, that that's that's a, a bit much. Seventeen. Oh, all right. But well, there's still, a seven in there somewhere. Yes, still way more than anyone should have, and still be out walking the streets, stabbing people, and saying, "I want to kill all the white people, and I want to sit next to the crackers." Um, I think this is something we could have avoided. We're going to talk about that, and I, the the other part of the story that I want to get into is how rare it is in general 
for a good Samaritan to step up. And I say this because I think in a lot of our minds, we think in a panic situation where someone's being assaulted that we would step in. And, you know, there are people out there who would, but you really never know until you're in that predicament. And we all hope that we wouldn't be. So it's so brave when somebody intervenes, when somebody steps in, not because they know the person, but just because they see something going on that's not right. And I was thinking about how now you take however many people would do that out of the goodness of their hearts, out of, you know, just their courage, their strength of character. And then you factor in the element or you factor in the reality now that if you do intervene, you're most likely going to be punished for it. You will be like Daniel Penny. You'll be slapped with some sort of manslaughter. You'll be slapped with some sort of lawsuit. And that's got to that's gotta make it even less. Like the slice of the pie is a sliver at this point of people who are willing to put their neck out for other people when they know that they're going to be the ones dealing with the consequences, not the person who's actually assaulting people or, you know, stealing or anything like that. That is part of that story that I want to get into. Now, a huge, huge headline today is about this migrant caravan. We discussed it yesterday. They're saying it could swell up to getting like 15,000 members joining. And this is from Breitbart because I wanted to get the statistics right here. You see all these different numbers coming out about the border. It says Border Patrol agents assigned to the nine Southwest Border Patrol sectors apprehended at least 29,000 migrants who illegally crossed the border between ports of entry between December 22nd and 25th, according to unofficial Border Patrol reports obtained by Breitbart, Texas. On Thursday, December 21st, agents apprehended at least 9,000 more migrants. This brought the total for the last five days to at least 38,000 migrant apprehensions. Now, as I mentioned, the caravan is inching closer to the U.S. Reports that it will have up to 15,000 people in it. All that to say, Corrine Jean-Pierre and members of the Biden White House don't think anything unusual is happening. She actually said that. She said, there's nothing unusual. Now, I know I just read from Breitbart, so you might be thinking, well, that's right-wing slime. You know, that's right-wing red meat. You can't trust those numbers. That's all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. The the evidence has been manipulated. So here's ABC, because I I don't think ABC last time I checked is full of, you know, Trump supporters and uh, xenophobes and build the wall types, okay? ABC says the numbers are record-breaking. The Border Patrol made about... 10,000, over 10,000 apprehensions along the southwest border on Tuesday, according to two sources familiar with the data. Agents made roughly 10,600 migrant migrant apprehensions along the southwest border on Wednesday. So my my question to KJP is like, why are you guys downplaying the numbers here? You love making history. You always talk about all the records you're breaking, how unprecedented Joe Biden is. He's breaking records. No one's ever seen anything like this. And now you are making history and you act like it's old hat. You act like it's just another day. It's not another day. This is stuff for the history books. Where's John Meacham? Picking out paintings for the Oval Office? Get him in here. Tell him to leave Frank Biden at the door. Say, Frank, I know you're the director of the interior, but right now I got to write some history about your brother Joe because he's breaking records. So meanwhile, we've got Tony Blinken, 
Because if you're worried about this, if you're seeing the, the caravan with 15,000 people in it, or if you're hearing reports about just the the astounding number of people at our border right now, you might be worried. You might think we're not in the best hands, but uh, we got the A-team going to Mexico. Tony Blinken, Tony Spotify Blinken, and Alejandro Mayorkas are headed to Mexico to meet with the president. Now, Biden had a call. Biden, yeah, I know, where's, two questions. Where is Kamala Harris, the borders are? Why can't she take a break from tweeting out pictures of her gas stove? And where is Dr. Jill, who really is, I think, kind of like our ambassador when it comes to Mexico? She is, she's our translator. She knows what she's talking about. Who is going to navigate the breakfast tacos if not Dr. Biden? That is the important question. How do you say doctor in? Dr. That's it? That's it. Oh, even I could get that one. Dr. B. Did I get that right? Dr. B? How do you say Nana? Nana? Probably just <laughs> Nana. Damn. We're nailing it today. These are easy. I, I, I could do this. Yeah, that's probably how. That's probably how. You, You're right. There's a little bit more emphasis probably on that first part. So, yeah. So, they're Tony Blinken, Mayorkas. They're going to meet with the Mexican president. And Jared, here's the crazy part. Biden actually, I don't know if you even saw, I didn't see it until today. Biden had a call with the Mexican president, Obrador, last week. And they decided, and here was like the line I read. I must have read this in Breitbart. It said they decided, or maybe New York Post, they decided that additional enforcement was urgently needed. That was just like one of the keywords I saw, urgently needed. And um, I thought, well, it can't be that urgent because... The big guy is leaving for St. Croix today. Okay, the big guy has a Christmas tradition of ditching the White House for St. Croix. And there will be write-ups about this. It drives me crazy. There will be write-ups about his trip to St. Croix. He has Christmas tradition, his family tradition. It's like, no, his family tradition is influence peddling and making money off the American people corruptly and then using it to not do his job and to go to really beautiful places and vacation. That's the family tradition, okay? Stop acting like this is something we all need to, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Everyone in the family wears the sweater when they're first born and we take pictures. It's not that kind of family tradition. This is, hey, we get on Air Force One, we jet out of here, and we leave all of you people and your crumbs behind. And you know what I did I did read here? Because you gotta you gotta focus on the details sometimes. The Hill has this article out about how Joe's going to St. Croix. And for some reason, it mentions in there that they haven't disclosed what other members of the family are joining in on this family tradition? Who else is tagging along? Which, maybe I'm a cynic, but my mind immediately goes to, oh, Hunter's in. Hunter is in. Have you ever seen this? This guy doesn't miss the opening of an envelope, let alone a trip to St. Croix on the arm. He's like, no, it's going to be hard for him to cry poor with this one unless he says, uh, I'm sleeping on a cot next to my dad in St. Croix. I don't even have my own room. It's so sad. I don't think I'm going to be able to pay child support. I had to sleep in the guest room on the yacht. Yeah, Come on. It was hard. Haven't I bled enough? <laughs> what more do you people want from me? Yeah, so I think, I, you think Hunter's going to be on it? I think absolutely. Oh, Hunter is absolutely He loves there. a trip. He right. loves a trip. He loves to travel. 
you know, he's he's uh, what a, a wanderlust. That's what he's. Yeah. Doing. He's just he's just a man of the world who loves experience. He's also just like the typical, the typical spoiled young guy who's like, I love to travel. No, we all love to travel. It just costs a lot of money, but that's not a problem for you because of your artwork. Yeah. So Hunter, I think Hunter will be on it. I think Naomi. She's his daughter. She's also learned the game. She's learned the art of the grift. I think she'll be on this trip with her new hubby. Dr. B will obviously be there. Probably Ashley. This is a family affair. Someone you won't see, Navy. Navy will not be invited on this trip, if I had to make a guess. 844-500-4242. Don't worry, though. Like I said, he's sending his best and brightest. He's sending Mallorcas and Tony Blinken, so I'm sure we all have nothing to worry about. There are so many big stories to get to. This is just one of them. We'll hit them all when we come back, and we'll take your calls. 844-500-4242. It's getting chilly, Jared, and we don't have to fight anymore. Because I used to fight with everybody in the office. Everyone would say, you like it too hot. You, know, you turn up the thermostat. I don't. Ha, when was the last time you saw me even go near the thermostat? Jared? That's a fact. I, I don't. I can't remember. I don't go near because I don't want Taylor, the birthday boy, to be giving me a hard time. I want to turn on my Gen Forty heater and be uh, leave me alone. You know, like I'll I'll keep to myself. That's the great thing about the Gen Forty. You turn this on and it heats up around you. It heats up your desk, your living room, wherever you're sitting. And a really awesome part about this is that. It keeps your bills down because, I mean, if we're being real, when I'm in the office, Jared, I'm not too concerned about the heating bills. But when I'm at home, that's when, you know, that clicks on for me. And I think, I don't need to be heating up my entire house. Like, why heat up your basement? Why heat up your guest room if you're just going to stay in one spot? Yeah, it was great for me when I was sick over Christmas because I was in uh, one of the rooms upstairs and uh, we have different zones for heating. So I didn't have to turn on the thermostat in that room and, and waste the oil. I could use the Gen 40 heater when I was sick and had the chills, and it kept me nice and toasty warm up there. Yeah, and you don't have to go broke trying to heat up your whole house. Like Jared said, you can zone heat with the Gen 40 heater. This is a sleek and stylish device. It doesn't take up a lot of room, and I think you guys are going to love it. And here's an added bonus. Eden Pure, they're giving my listeners an extra $50 off if you use code GRACE50 when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to EdenPureDeals.com. You're going to click on the Gen 40 heater, and then you're going to put in GRACE50. Not only are you getting the $50 off, you're also getting free shipping. So it's EdenPureDeals.com. Click on the Gen 40 heater, and don't forget code GRACE50. See you on the lines. We're going to take your calls. This is The Grace Curly Show. You're listening to The Grace Curly Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. It's that time of year. A lot of people are coming down with stuff, you know, under the weather. Yours truly included. And Bill Broussard just texted in and said he's not feeling well, so he's not going to be able to join us. But I want to let Bill Bad know. Bad news for all the Rumble Cam quote unquote listeners. I know. I was just going to say. I want Bill to know that he's developing a following of female Rumble viewers who enjoy seeing him on the TV. 
Uh, yeah, his eyebrows will not be criticized like other people's have been. No, he's. I think he's the Grace Curley show heartthrob at this point. Someone said, I love to tune into Rumble to listen, and in quotes, to Bill Broussard. Well, he will join us soon, just not today. Uh, Don, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Don. Hi, Grace. Uh, Happy New Year. You as well. The, the reason, oh, thank you. The reason Hunter's going with uh, Joe everywhere, they just can't leave him alone. Can you imagine the mouse? When the cat's away, how much Parmesan cheese that mouse will be smoking? You, you know what? Um, the the grifters are going to grift. And I don't know, you know, if Hunter Biden is doing well, then that's great for him. And, you know, we don't, we don't uh, wish him anything but holiday cheer. But it is amazing how much they love, they love the perks of the White House. And, you know, when you think about it, here's the thing, Don. <laughs> you know what my little brother told me the other day? I was telling him a story and I kept saying, here's the thing. And then I also kept saying, my thing is, my brother said, you have to stop doing that. And now that he's told me to stop doing it, Jared, it's increased by a hundred. I say it all the time now. But my problem with the Bidens is that they want to be the Obamas. They want all the perks. They want to be like Meghan and Harry, Spotify crew. That's what I call these A-list kind of political now turned celebrity group. They're the Spotify crew. And the Bidens want that. But they never, they just weren't sexy enough. Like Joe and Jill weren't sexy enough. So they had to take matters into their own hands. Like, listen, Valerie, nobody's buying that. Nobody, Nobody's paying for you to have a no-show job to be the face of Spotify if your name is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. It's just, it's not paying the bills. So what do they do? They get into the influence peddling scheme and the book business. That's what they'll love to tell you. They'll go, oh yeah, we wrote a lot of books. That's how we made our money. Have you ever seen, I've seen some coffee table books where I know people aren't reading them. I've seen the Andrew Cuomo book on someone's table. I've seen the Liz Cheney book on someone's table. I've seen people do that. Maybe not the Liz Cheney. I don't even think that one came out yet. But I've seen people virtue signal via book on their coffee table. I've never seen a Joe Biden book in my life. In my entire life. And you're trying to tell me that these people have a family tradition of going to St. Croix and it's because they wrote a lot of books? I don't think so. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, the, the numerous reasons they all hate Donald Trump. One of the biggest reasons I think they hate Donald Trump is be is because they're all like that. They all want this lifestyle. They all want they all had to give their power over to the deep state or take a bribe to approximate the lifestyle that Donald Trump has naturally. And and that jealousy really fuels a lot of the hate. And I'm not saying Trump is completely clean in all his business dealings or anything. We don't know what went on but the, the fact that he didn't have to sell out or get manipulated by the cia into making policy yeah, or, he's a private you know, sector guy yeah, the, the fact that he has all that and they had to sell their souls to get an approximation of that that's part of the reason why they really hate him and the bidens are the perfect encapsulation of that yeah it's weird to me that you know and i get why there's some parts of trump that people don't like i can understand certain elements of it but one thing that i never understood was why people were mad that he was wealthy like, oh, golden toilet. It's like, oh, so you have you have no issue with Nancy Pelosi making all of her money off of us. And you have no issue with these politicians who 
like Jared said, sell their souls to the deep state to make all their money. But a guy makes his own money as a real estate billionaire tycoon, and that's what you have an issue with? He didn't even take a salary when he was president. And I don't think he got nearly enough credit for that. Can you say the same about the big guy? I don't think so. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. We were just talking about the Obamas, and I forgot to mention that there's a report out that Obama was privately lobbying on behalf of Claudine Gay and pushing for her to stay amid her anti-Semitism slash plagiarism slash shady scandal because there's actually another story about claudine gay that she she came out with some study and two other academics were asking for the details of that study they wanted to review the study to see if it uh if it held up and she refused to give them the information and so there's just more layers to it and more keeps coming out and it's it's funny to me that I guess it's not surprising that Obama would lobby for her. But it's always interesting to me the stuff he wades in on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of stories where I think, oh, Obama's going to voice his opinion on this or not. And he'll stay really quiet. And then other things you find out that he's very passionate about. And he's he's apparently very passionate about helping Claudine Gay. Then again... He's also made some comments in the past and had some policies in the past that might make you believe that he also is an anti-Semite. So perhaps that is what pushed him to defend her. Perhaps that's where he said, you know what? She needs my help. That's what he's passionate about. Yeah. Anti-Semitism, perhaps. Or, or, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jew hate. I think is a good way to put he's very anti-Israel we we know that and and Alan Dershowitz has now been on uh, several different interviews talking about that but I don't know maybe that's it maybe it's uh, maybe it's just an academic thing where it's like we uh, us academics stick together he, he never taught at Harvard but he went to law school there right yeah I think he's a Harvard man in some some fashion as most people are nowadays uh eight four four five hundred forty two forty two but i wanted to mention that there's not there's not much else here to this story i was looking for some juicy deets it's interesting the the little tidbits we're getting so yesterday we talked about how there was this dinner in cambridge with these members of the harvard board and they were talking about the culture at harvard and what could change and then they also now are saying, oh, we weren't talking about Claudine Gay because there was rumors and the Daily Mail had a story that maybe they were two of the people were like defectors and were saying, she's got to go. She's got to go. It's time. I would be that person. I'd be like, guys, what are we doing here? It's one person. Like Jared said yesterday, the plagiarism was you're out. You guys missed this opportunity. This was handed to you. This was a layup and you managed to squander this. But there were two people who were supposedly turning on Claudine Gay. And then when the people at this dinner got wind of it, they said, oh, no, we weren't talking about Claudine Gay at the dinner. So a bunch of people from Harvard get together to go to a dinner in Cambridge and talk about Harvard and the culture there. And Claudine Gay doesn't come up in that conversation. Hmm. Methinks. 
the academics doth protest too much. Um, so that's one thing. We'll, we'll go back to that a little bit later. But we were talking about illegal immigration. We were talking about this caravan. And I have to mention here a story about the Roosevelt Hotel. So remember last week, we were discussing how in Taunton, there's a hotel now that they're taking in illegal aliens. And I had said, and the callers disagreed, and a lot of the textures disagreed, and I heard you. I listen. I, I heard what you're saying. I, I had just said that I think it's weird as a hotel. If, if you own a hotel and you start letting illegal aliens stay there, the idea that you're ever going to bounce back from turning your hotel into essentially like a shelter is strange to me. Like, how are you going to get the same clientele that maybe you had before of people coming in on business trips, tourists? It seems as though you are signing up for this is it. And a lot of people pointed out to me that these hotels are getting fully booked rooms at an amazing rate that the government's paying for for months on end. And who knows? It could be years on end for all I know. And that that is enough of a a boon to their industry that they can just do that and then move on with their lives. And if the hotel fails after that, so be it. They made a bunch of money. They cashed out. But there's so many ripple effects of this. And I'm not trying to say that the hotel owner should care. A lot of them, as Howie's pointed out before, they're not, they don't even live in the United States of America. So they don't care if they make a bunch of money and then the hotel goes bust. They don't really care about that. But I was reading a story today in the New York Post about how retailers at the Roosevelt Hotel are now in a panic because they can't sell anything because no one's coming in. There's no foot traffic to use the the term that all of these retailers like to use the foot the foot traffic print pattern is changing nobody wants to go into these areas cuz they become very dangerous there's people out on the street there's people urinating on the street there's people cooking food on the street there's a lot of crime there's children screaming being left alone in these hotel rooms there's domestic assaults are through the roof now in these areas and so naturally people aren't doing their shopping around these parts Now, I wanted to read this to you. It says, retailers at the iconic Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown have fled in droves since the property was converted into a landing spot for migrants. And the few that are left are demanding rent reductions. Of the roughly 16 retail spaces that ring the hotel's ground floor, nine sit vacant since the Pakistan government-owned property, as I just pointed out, inked a three-year deal with the city in May to shelter the wave of migrants flooding into the Big Apple. So this, the owners of this, the Pakistan government, isn't sitting here concerned about, oh, well, you know, we do have a shop in the hotel that might be affected by this. No, they're, they're seeing the dollar signs here, and I don't blame them. This is, for them, the business makes sense. It's just the business owners in this hotel that are getting screwed over and the people living in the area. It says two of the remaining seven retailers still in business are upscale stores that have seen their sales plummet as shoppers avoid the migrant-filled area. Why are shoppers avoiding the migrant-filled area? We know why. There's crime now. Um, Actually, when I was watching, I believe it was Fox at one point, they said they had a reporter in Midtown outside, I think, the Row Hotel, and the reporter said, yeah, you see all this chaos here. You see the people lining the streets. What you can't get from the TV is the smell. The smell is overwhelming because people don't have access to showers. There's people waiting for their hotel rooms that haven't had access to showers in days or weeks. And so the smell has become overwhelming for people. 
Three others appear to be pop-ups. Both retailers lack formal signage above their stores. Uh, Buses bringing migrants to the city from other parts of the country arrive at the Roosevelt. The store's owner, so this is Carmina Ocho. Now, she runs Carmina, which is a luxury shoe boutique. And she's run the family business since it opened at the Roosevelt in 2017. She says that sales have dipped 28% in June and 40% in July compared with the same month last year. Her lawyers have demanded a reduction in rent, but have had trouble getting in touch with the hotel's landlord and property manager. Now, this is the quote. The whole block has been compromised because they said, Jared, they said, well, if it's that bad, this this store owner saying, you, you have to reduce the rent here. Because to that point, when they signed on, to have a store in this hotel, it was because it was a very nice, luxurious hotel. And it, this, it was a first-class hotel, and it's, it's no longer a first-class hotel. But so they offer her, they say, well, we'll just move you. We'll just move you down the block. And she says, the whole block has been compromised, so what would relocating to Madison Avenue accomplish? It's our position that the hotel, this is her lawyer, it's our position that the hotel has breached the lease, which contemplates that the store is in a first-class hotel. Yeah, I would say that she has a case here. And it's kind of, if you look at it, it's what's happening in a nutshell. It's like you don't think that these things have a ripple effect. You don't think that other businesses are going to be affected by it, that other people are going to be affected by it. And then you have Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams, And I'm getting real sick of hearing this guy whine because he whines and whines and whines. He doesn't do anything about it. He's the one who bragged about being in a sanctuary city. He's the one that refuses to change that, refuses to change those ridiculous guidelines of what being a sanctuary city means. And then he he has this to say, Jared, can we play the sound of Eric Adams? I have to keep hammering away at this issue. And I'm really pleased that we are now getting the chorus of other cities that are joining us uh, who are now part of our coalition. Back in April of last year, I was alone on this topic. Uh, But now you're seeing others uh, coming forward and saying, you know, hold on, Eric is right. Uh, And they're joining us and our coalition is is going to continue to grow because these cities deserve better. And I'm not only talking about New York. Uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, El Paso, Brownsville, uh, you know, all of these cities, Houston, you know, cities should not be handling national problems. There's so much to unpack there. First of all, you you weren't the first person to be calling it out. That's just number one. You weren't even the first mayor to be calling it out. There's been plenty of other, I, I know probably Republicans, conservatives, people who don't just, uh, just repeat the company line from Joe Biden, but there have been people pointing it out. And even when these Democrats are going against the Biden administration, they're doing it in such a meek way. It's like so feckless. Like they're tiptoeing around it. It's like, just say that the president of the United States has failed. He has failed. He has let our border descend into complete chaos And you only care now because you have to deal with it. And also, while you're at it, Eric Adams, and he's, I'll be honest, he's not my least favorite of all these Democrat mayors. He's, he has moments where he's semi-sane. But admit you were wrong. Like, whatever happened to that? Just people admitting they were wrong. You were dead wrong from the beginning. 
And it's not because cities shouldn't be handling it. It's because this country shouldn't be handling it. That's the part of it that drives me crazy. Oh, this isn't a, a problem that cities should be dealing with. This isn't a problem that the United States should be dealing with because it's something we could solve. If Joe Biden would enforce the laws, none of the cities you listed would be dealing with this. And the country as a whole would be a lot safer. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the, the shoe store in the Roosevelt that opened in 2017. I was under the impression that we've had a broken immigration system and the last administration was absolutely horrendous and destroyed all of this immigration system. Yet a, no, a business could open and thrive in a hotel under the previous administration. Yet in this administration, border policies have forced it to either close or leave or lose business. Damn that Donald Trump. Do you want me to explain to you? Yes, please. I'm sorry. Damn that Ron DeSantis. In 2017, when these business owners decided to open up in that hotel, it was because there was a tremendous boom thanks to Barack Obama. Ah, It it just took, took a while. It took... The Yellen effect. Yes. And then... Now, what we're seeing, the reason they have to leave... Of course, it it all makes total sense. ...is because of the problems they inherited from Donald Trump. See, I'm just one of those dum-dums that can't see the consequences and the greatness for a few years. If you look at the peak of a business, the peak is due to Obama, and the pit is due to Trump. Or, if you want to get fancy here, you could also probably tie it back to Bush. But I just don't have the time right now. We're running a little short. We we have an ad to do. So I'm going to leave the blaming Bush thing for another day. 844-500-4242. I'm glad I could explain that to you, Joe, though, Jared. You know why? Because sometimes explaining things helps you understand it better. Do you ever find that like in school? Yeah. No, I, well, I clearly needed the education. It. And this is something we're going to be hearing a lot about in 2024. You know what the, other, the other part of the Michigan story with the Supreme Court, which you just made me think of, is... All these states now, because it's not just Michigan, it's not just Colorado, you've got Nevada, you've got, uh, I, th- I think, Wisconsin. They're, they're all drumming up these lawsuits to try to keep these disqualification lawsuits. And it's like, hold on a second, I thought your guy was so good. I thought everything was so good with your guy. Why are you guys being such babies? What are you so afraid of? Your guy's so great, he's so sharp, he's so Socratic, he reads leather-bound books, America's back, everyone respects us again. And he's got the A-team behind him. Then why do you have to keep our guy? Why do you have to keep the Republican? Yeah, and I'll say our guy. I know, I know. I give Trump criticism. I think that's my right. I can still criticize. But if push came to shove and it was Trump-Biden, you know Trump would be my guy. Why are you so afraid of running against him if he's such a loser? You know, if he's the face of an insurrection, the worst thing since Hitler then you should have no problem running away with this unless you don't think that's the case. All right, Jared, when we come back, we got a lot more to talk about. But what I want to talk about right now with people is a wonderful little treat that they can give themselves in between this time, between Christmas and New Year's. We talked about how everyone's checked out, everyone's just chilling, but it's really great to put something on the books to look forward to. And the NASA Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways, which I think is the perfect thing to put on your calendar. Yeah, winter on the Cape is fantastic for anybody who's been there. You don't have to deal with the crowds. You don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to deal with all the hassles that come from summer on the Cape. You can go down there. You At Nauset Beach Inn, you 
kind of have a beach to yourself. Um, but you can go down to the Nauset Beach Inn. You can stay. It's a very tra- tranquil place. You can hear the waves. You can walk along the beach. It's pet friendly, uh, so you can bring your, your pets down. But each room has a giant picture window, so if it's a little too cool, you can look out at the ocean views because you also have a fireplace in your room. If it's a little cooler, you want to be outside, you can do that as well because they have fire pits. You can sit by the fire pit, have your morning coffee, and watch the sunrise, which is glorious because, you're again, you're right on the water. You're on the beach. Uh, you could see stars at night if you go for a walk on the beach. It's, it's calming. It's tranquil. And really, for this deal, I mean, you, you can't find hotel rooms. For this price. No, Jared's right. Anywhere. You, you can do all of this for under $200 this winter, which is an unbelievable deal. So go to NasaBeachInn.com. That's NasaBeachInn.com to book your rooms. These go quickly. So again, it's NasaBeachInn.com. A lot left in this show today. We've got uh, the Festivus list of waste from Rand Paul. Uh, I want to talk about Biden and the U.S. troops that are dealing with these Iranian proxies. And um, there's, there's just there's a ton of stuff. I know it's two days after Christmas. You wouldn't think it. But we have a great, great show planned. So we'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, you can go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is have you cut the cord, meaning the cable satellite TV cord? Yes, recently. Yes, for a while. Not yet, but I plan to or no. I cut the cord a, a long time ago, so my answer is yes. But the reason I thought of this is because recently I've been realizing how many streaming apps I have and how yeah. many streaming apps I pay for. And you know what gets me? They do that thing where they say, oh, first month free. Just try it out. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. I'm going to be uh, vulnerable. I, when I was on maternity leave, was really desperate for some mindless show, like some mindless TV. And I went with Kardashians, and that was on Hulu, so I had to get a Hulu subscription. Worth it for seven bucks, whatever it was. But then as the months go by and you're seeing that, you're like, do I need to be paying for this? Like, Once the Kardashian season ended, I was out. There was nothing for me there. So I went through some of my apps, some of my streaming things, and I canceled some of them. I still have HBO, and I still have, and I use YouTube TV. But I always love this question because I like to know where people's heads are at. So, yes, I cut the cord a while ago. 47% say yes for a while. 30% say no, they haven't. 20% say not yet, but they plan to. And 3% say they have recently cut the cord. See, it's becoming this weird thing where we're all, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have so many different streaming apps that it's becoming the same price as 
cable was. But I, I will say that some of them are worth it. Like HBO to me is definitely worth it. They have a lot of good programming. But other ones like Netflix and stuff, how often are you using it? I don't know. We can talk more about it. A lot more to get to when we come back. I want to talk about the anti-Israel group that was at the Holocaust Museum. Don't go anywhere.